Everybody, I'm Robert and I'm Chris and we are the Film Flamers. Once again, Chris and I are sitting down to uh, shoot the flames. If this is your first time catching one of our shooting the flames episode, this is the time of the <laughs> the time of the month. I always say you that. You did that last time. I know. <laughs> uh, this is the time where we like to sit down and just have a general conversation with each other about horror news, maybe some trailers, talk about some favorite recent watchings, and most importantly, get some comments and questions from you, our listeners. That's right. And first up is one of our latest reviews. This is a five-star review from Caleb from the Macabre Media Podcast. And he says, I first discovered Chris and Robert on Cocktail Party Massacre on their Poltergeist episode, and I really enjoyed their chemistry and personalities. Then I started listening to the show, and I had even more fun. They picked such good movies, and I genuinely love listening to their takes. Keep it up, fellas. You guys kill it. Well, thank you very much. Thanks so much, Kayla. We enjoy your show a lot, too. So, guys, keep sending these reviews, and we will include them in our next Shooting the Flames episode. So, next we have some listener comments, and these can come from social media or emails, DMs, or even from our hotline. And we have a call-in from Penelope that you might remember from previous episodes of The Film Flamers. And here's what she had to say. Hey, guys. I just listened to your earliest shooting flames episode and I had some comments to add. So um, first things first, I really liked the new format and um, well, thank you. And the new episode yeah. and thought that y'all should like definitely stick to it. We're gonna. Um, I really enjoyed hearing your feedback about like all sorts of different things, including the answers to listeners and what you're reading and what you're seeing. So um, first things first about like horror literature because as you know I'm a huge reader. I wanted to recommend what I consider to be one of the scariest books I've re- ever read and that's uh, House of Leaves. Oh my god, I um, love that book, Penelope. It has some aspects that were like really creepy to me and perhaps they might not be creepy to everyone, but it was definitely creepy to me and um, Oh no, it's creepy. It's worth mentioning. And the other um, author, I, I really like to read like kind of like indie um authors and I encounter that a lot on like Amazon's Kindle Unlimited and one of the authors I was introduced to recently was Ania Alborn who um, who writes some really great stuff including a book about a creepy doll which I think um, would make a fantastic movie um, and then there's another book of hers I think it's like The Devil Crept In also super oh, creepy I've heard of that. Um, she writes a lot um, of very like different things so it's not the same story over and over again. And I, don't quote me on this, but I think she's from Poland originally and rewrites like a lot of like Polish, like scary stories that, you know, moms tell their Folklore, kids to scare right. the Jesus out of That's them. That's actually really interesting. Um, for, um, for an American audience. And she does that really well. So uh, check that out. She is, she's brilliant. And I will literally read anything she writes. Well, I um, will. High praise. And have bought literally everything she writes. Um, Even higher price. Let's see. Next comment is about uh, a Serbian film. So I uh, have really strong feelings about this uh, this film, mostly because absolutely your comment was correct in that you cannot unsee some things. 
And yep. I don't want to promote this and I don't want to add to the hype because I do think that there are some people who will hear this and be like, oh, challenge accepted. Really consider that there are some things that maybe you don't need to see. So, I mean, like the basic gist of, of how this happened is that somebody watched it with me without telling me what we were about to watch or any like prior prior information or well, that's kind of asshole-ish um, that's incredibly unfair and I, I just watched it as, as you know this horror film that this person had wanted to see because it, it was you know disturbing and and i'm going to say that nothing can probably prepare you for that especially walking in blind like i did that's true. um and i really wish that I had never seen that film. And like, there are very few things that I feel that strongly about. And the other, only other thing that comes to mind is Brett Easton Ellis's American Psycho, the book, not the movie, the book. Um, After I read that, I I felt like I needed a shower and I really wanted to kind of burn the book book. so that nobody else could ever read it. And that's not a feeling that um, occurs to me often. And it's not a feeling like I'm, totally like anti-censorship or any of that so it's sort of like a foreign feeling to me but very few things actually evoke that feeling in me but this film is one of them and um when i when i heard uh robert say that he was like trying or he was interested in seeing it i wanted to be like no no run away children like just like i was like how do i stop this from happening um don't go to the light provide you with enough you know, warning so that you know what you're you're walking into. And then as as the episode progressed, I realized that that had already happened. Robert had already seen it. And I was just like, it was very emotional for me to listen to you because it, because it was very traumatizing for me. And um, I actually like teared up a little bit because I don't want to add to the mystique around it. Or I don't want anybody to see it because of anything that I said ever. Um, anyways, I felt like you guys did it like really fairly. I think that you covered it appropriately. I thought it was like sort of comedic in the way that you, you know, bleeped things out. It was kind of funny. I just wish that I had been able to approach the film from like a, and not like anything can ever prepare you for that, but like more educated about what I was walking into. Yeah, you need to um, be for this movie. Some kind of like disclosure. The only thing that I'm grateful for is that originally, I think, this person had wanted to share this film with me with another friend of mine who's my best friend. And if I had, I, I just, I feel like that would have been like probably the, like one of the most traumatic things that could have happened. And I'm grateful that that didn't happen, that, that she didn't, she wasn't also subjected to that because Dodge that bullet. I can't, I just, I just can't, I can't. Like I said, I don't have any complaints about like how you guys approached it. Don't have any criticisms. I just, I really feel like people who are going to approach that film need to do so, like, you know, have like a full disclosure of like, this is, this is what you're, what you're walking into. FYI, this is, this is what's about to happen. Um, Know that like what you, what you see can't be unseen and like really ask yourself, is this something that you want to be subjected to? And for me, um, 
had I been told all of that up front, I think the answer would have been no. And maybe not for everybody. Maybe some people, okay. And like I said, I don't feel like the need to, like, I'm firmly anti-censorship. I don't think that anybody should be, like, prevented from seeing something. We're all, like, adults. We, you know, the problem is, is I wasn't a consenting adult. In this, in this particular situation. And I feel like for some things, you, you really need to, to have that, like, informed consent. That didn't happen for me. Jesus. <laughs> That's more than enough information about that. But, yeah, obviously I have quite a bit of feelings on this particular subject. Okay. Bye. Well, thank you for calling in, Penelope. We appreciate all the comments about that. And uh, we will be continuing our Shooting the Flames episode, as me and Chris really enjoy making these. But I would like to talk a little bit about some of the comments that you just gave us about a Serbian film and your particular viewing of that movie. Like I said back in that particular episode, uh, this is not a film for everyone. This is not something that I can recommend. Uh, my viewing of it was completely different. I knew exactly what was happening in this movie. I knew that it was disturbing, and I looked up everything I possibly could about it, read the entire synopsis and so forth, and I knew a person who had a copy, and so I I did it. You know, <clears throat> sort of in a just to say I watched this thing. And, I mean, it is, it's a very hard watch. And going into that sort of thing blind, not knowing what you're expecting, is, is a terrible, terrible situation that no one should be put through. Because there's a lot of really disturbing imagery and plot lines in this movie, and it's certainly not for everybody. I know a lot of, like, hardcore horror fans that I think probably couldn't handle it themselves. Well, it's not even about not handling it, right? Because <clears throat> anyone, like, P- Penelope handled it, right? So my thing is, like, I've seen some shit. Everyone has to their own degree, right? And I've been through enough where I know that I I will never underestimate my subconscious. Yeah. There's a delicate balance happening there. We all think we're, you know, a certain way, but you discover that, oh, things can affect you and manifest, right? So I do not plan to see this film. You like shouldn't. I you know, it's something you cannot unsee things. And they have a very real effect on your, you know, psyche. And so. I haven't even like, cause you and I have had a conversation about this movie post my viewing of it. And then post, you know, you know, Penelope was snapping us some stuff too. And I mean, I, I haven't even told you half the shit that's in it. You yeah. Know there's I mean? no, the point I'm getting is that there's no, <clears throat> so what there's no value, right? Yeah. This, and you don't, if you're going to watch, if you want to watch something that at least maybe there's a plot or story, you know, go see like, I don't know, Hostel. <laughs> like, I, I will say, and I'm, I'm not defending this movie in any way whatsoever, because, I mean, if, if someone's going to watch it, they're going to watch it. You know, like like she said, everyone's an adult and they choose the things that they watch. And I know that this, this director had something in mind. He had something he wanted to say. Whether or not he gets all those things across in a way, you know, or even even if he went too far in trying to make a point, it's still possible. I mean, like he, he had a very definite voice when he made this movie, but it is it's certainly not for everybody. And it's certainly not to be shown to someone blindly. I think that 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 sort of action abusive. Yeah. And if you possibly had a friend there, like you said, you were going to do and show them to that, that would be doubly as bad. And I'm I'm so glad that that didn't happen. And I'm, I'm sorry that this person like inflicted you with watching that movie. And he should have told you what's going on, you know, and I like obviously don't know the situation around it or whatever. But um. That's a poor choice on that person for just popping in this particular movie and saying, let's pop the popcorn and like, you know, watch it because it's, it's not a movie for that. 
We have some more comments to talk about with, you know, episodes. These are all left on social media. But before we get into those, you can call us at 972-666-7733. Leave us those comments and questions and you'll get played on the show just like Penelope was. But let's move on to some comments about our top 10 zombie movies episode. So Glenn from Tales from the Cribbed says, listen to this today and really enjoyed. I usually don't like top tens, but I was pumped to see some surprises on this list. Love when someone puts something a little out of the norm and has a solid rationale. Good stuff. Thank you, Glenn. I love your show very, very much. And um, I'm sorry you don't like top ten lists. Hopefully you feel different about the rest of ours, you know. But, uh, you know, we're going to keep the top tens coming and keep listening. Maybe you'll be surprised again. Yeah. Uh, R.L. Terry from Twitter said solid argument for Pet Cemetery to be considered a quasi zombie movie. And the monorail only goes to the Magic Kingdom, Epcot and transportation and ticket centers at Walt Disney World. But I love the idea. I could totes see a zombie satire on the monorail in the vein of Busan. Yeah. So this was a conversation about our sequel ideas for <laughs> Train to Busan. Because we were talking about how uh, like, there's going to be an American remake. People are talking about it. And, yeah. Yeah. So we said that maybe we should <laughs> see it on the monorail in Disney World as a joke. But yeah. hey, <laughs> if everyone likes it, I mean, come on. Yep. So next we got some comments on our uh, hot take for Velvet Buzzsaw. Brock from Cocktail Party Massacre says... It's gotten some hate, but I love the dialogue. It's beyond amazing, in my opinion. I love absurdist literature, and to me, this was B-plus absurdist horror cinema. Agreed. Erica, who is a patron on Patreon, said that she liked that Jake's character was by Stop by Erasure. I totally agree with your take on it. It's like he kept talking about shades. I think we're supposed to see him as, quote-unquote, art sexual. And um, I stand by that. Yeah, and that's a good that's point, Erica, yeah. honestly, because, you know, it's if you're equal opportunity and bi people exist, I they don't do. know why there's like some people on both sides, like gay and straight, that just like bi people don't really exist, you know? I think some people like use that when they're coming out as kind of like a, like a just like a really smooth like way to kind of ease themselves into being gay. Well, I certainly did. But that doesn't mean bi people don't exist. That's right. And I mean, I'm true honest opinion here it it really took me getting to know somebody who was bisexual to to get on that that train yeah my and, my boyfriend of 5 years essentially is bisexual and i mean like once you once you get to know somebody and you know it's a it's a thing and the, these people exist and they have an opinion mm-hmm. and people shouldn't hate on a character for being bi instead of gay in a movie mm-hmm. in my opinion So, guys, thank you so much for all those comments. If you have any comments about our episodes, you know where to leave them. And I'm sure we'll tell you again toward the end of our episode. But now we need to move on into some listener questions. We like to take questions from any of you guys who listen to our stuff and we'll answer them no matter what they are. Andrew from Friday the 13th says, what was your horror transition movie? A movie you watched as a kid that has horror elements that got you into the genre movies like little monsters, Beetlejuice, or even the Goonies to an extent. Uh, Chris, you want to answer first? I want us to stay straight up wizard of Oz. Yeah. Right. So for me, I was obsessed with that when I was like, you know, three, four, five years old or whatever. And I always just loved the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> it was my inner drag or something <laughs> going on because uh, I love I always enjoyed the villains more in those children's stories a lot of the time. Like Wait, I would say most of the time. So Wicked Witch of the West is your inner drag, not Glenda? You would go straight up ugly drag? I fuck Glenda. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Give me that fucking pink crown and pink dress and that scepter. I was trying to teach you a lesson. <laughs> uh, 
Shut up, baby talk. At least the Wicked Witch of the West was honest with me. That's true. Stab me in the back. <laughs> I love it. Baby talk. <laughs> yeah, totally. It was definitely Wizard of Oz for me. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I've talked about on this podcast before that I started watching horror at a ridiculously young age. I can remember being like seven or eight years old watching A Nightmare on Elm Street or Dawn of the Dead. Um, but, you know, even younger than that, I think I was always attracted to the, the darker side of movies. And so it was things like Return to Oz or The NeverEnding Story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that just really had these really dark labyrinth, these really dark elements to it, and I, I really, really loved those. Oh, and we had so many in the 80s that were fantasy children's right. movies that had a lot of darkness. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I graduated super quickly onto the other stuff, but, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody on Twitter, and they were talking about um, Goosebumps or Are You Afraid of the Dark or something like that. Yeah, Are You Afraid of the Dark was definitely something, but I had already been a fan of kind of horror and horror-adjacent stuff, obviously. You know, uh, I was probably already a fan of, like, aliens and, you know, critters and stuff like that. Um, By that time, and, of course, Are You Afraid of the Dark, we actually started, uh, as a kid, I started my own midnight club, right? Did you really? So, yeah, we would tell stories and stuff, like slumber parties stuff we did that a couple times and see and i watched those things when they were on in the 90s but i i mean like i said i'd already been watching other things it was very tame for me so but i mean i still enjoyed yeah it. some episodes were better than others there was a couple that really freaked my sister out um you know and there was some that kind of creeped me out a little bit and also just as a side note there is an amazing amount of actors and, and actresses working today that got their start on are you afraid of the dark weirdly I, really i need to look into that yeah. and see where they are i'm sure yeah, i'd be surprised so a long list i will add to that question andrew that that I, I I was watching horror movies at a very young age, but when it came to reading things that were scary, I started kind of kind of late. I read the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark books, and they terrified me as a child. I was so scared of them that I immediately started reading Stephen King after that. So I think I read my first Stephen King book in the fourth grade right after looking at these Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. So I think yeah. as far as gateway goes, that was sort of the gateway into another horror realm aside from cinema or TV. Yeah, I was definitely a, an avid reader of R.L. Stein Goosebumps series when yeah. they first started. And then I graduated onto Christopher Pike and his teenage books. And then onto his, of course, adult books like Season of Passage, which were, you know, amazing. So. And there's tons of gateway stuff. You know, I um, tell from the crib that we were already talking about earlier in this episode. That's what his show is all about, you know, finding gateway horror. And um, I have a nephew who's turning 15 and I've been showing him horror things. And I went back and I tried to show him things like Ghostbusters and the Goonies and he was having none of it. Like he wants to go straight into the yeah. horror. So, I mean, I don't even know if gateway horror exists anymore. Seven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We'll just watch this scene from Silence of the Lambs, and then we'll just call it a day. (laughs) R.L. Terry on Twitter DM'd us a question, and he wants to know who our podcast personality crush is, even if all we have to go on is a voice and a photo, and uh, do we think they're a top or a bottom? (laughs) (laughs) Cut that shit out. (laughs) There's no way this shit's going to end up in the final episode. I know. So we just tried to answer that question, and we're going to cut it all out because it's too embarrassing. So um, thanks, Earl Terry. Our podcast personality crushes. Just look for a DM from us on Twitter or Facebook, and we'll we'll get to you. And we'll just ask you if you're a top or a bottom. <laughs> That's all for the questions that we got this month. However, I need to revisit a question from two episodes ago. So to remind everybody, Brock from Cocktail Party Massacre asked us to assign our 
co-host a monster, either from a universal film or not, and why. And originally, haphazardly, I called Chris the Wolfman, and I have been thinking about that question ever since Brock posed it. And I have the definitive answer for Chris. Chris, are you ready? Yes. Since you are the vice directress of technology, well, actually, you're the directress of technology on our podcast. (laughs) Yes, but we say vice directress around here. That's right. So very uh, humble. He is like a master when it comes to anything technological. Like he'll do some things on the computer and my mouth is completely agape the entire time because I have no idea what he's doing. And if I need something like my wedding invitations made, like he can make all that stuff and I'm such in awe of it. So I was trying to think of a monster that sort of fit that. And I really think that Hal from 2001 A Space Odyssey (laughs) fits that description. Well, I'm dead inside. (laughs) No, not really. I'm a tool. I'm a tool for you. Is that what you think? That's right. You get all of my technical shit. Well, I'm not opening the pod bay doors for you, bitch. (laughs) Did he open them for anybody? Maybe I can manually override you. (laughs) (laughs) Happens all the time. Anyway, that's my new answer and I'm sticking to it. You are Hal from 2001 Space Odyssey. I would assume that's a monster, right? I mean, he was pretty evil. I'm sorry. I can't answer that question, Dave. Manual override. All right, so we've got a lot of news in the horror community over the last month since our previous episode, so let's dive into some of that. First up is, of course, the race-baiting article title of Jordan Peele's interview about not casting white guys. And, like, the title was, uh, Jordan Peele says, I don't see myself casting a white dude as lead. And, of course, there's way more context to this, right? And all that is is that, of course, he wants to make movies with a certain audience in mind that is also accessible to the wider audience. Well, wider, (laughs) wider audience. Yeah. Uh, You know, so it was fairly innocent comments. So, like... Get real people, like stop race baiting so people can like click on your articles and yeah. I didn't even read the article. I still haven't read the article. I read the headline and it's I was an just interview. Like, I mean, oh, was it? Yeah. I mean, they just titled the interview that, you know, they took out one little piece of that interview and made it the, the title so that people would click on it. Oh, that's so I mean, it may not even be the, the interviewer, like the, the, the editor, the publisher, like decides these titles. Like that? Yeah. I have this all the time. To these I read people. that headline and I was just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, well, it's not his experience. So why would he, you know, I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, I mean, after watching Horror Noir, right, I know that... <laughs> We've treated African-Americans terribly in horror films since the dawn of cinema. And it's time that they, you know, get to be in the forefront of them, too. So if that's what he wants to do, then that's great. And I don't think that they should be titling any sort of article about that because it just pisses people off for no good reason. So next up, Ash vs. Evil Dead is heading to the Dead by Daylight video game with Bruce Campbell actually voicing Ash. So uh, there's a big interview about this. Um, Dead by Daylight presents Ash J. Williams. for uh, It's a PAX East 2019 video. So if you want to go look that up on YouTube, and we'll link that in the show notes as well. Uh, it's really uh, actually amusing with this interview with Bruce Campbell, who's actually doing all the voice work for his uh, for his character in this video game. So check that out. 
Next up, James Wan is producing a Swamp Thing series that's going to be debuting on the DC Universe streaming service, which I didn't know was a thing, but apparently is. Um, and this series is going to be starring Jennifer Beals, Virginia Madsen, Ian Ziering. Uh, there's a lot of people in this, and I know that I've heard Adrian Barbeau is going to be in the new series as well. And she was in the Swamp Thing movies from back in the 80s. So yeah. that should be a really good addition. I love the Swamp Thing movie. I've never seen the comics or read the comics. I didn't. I didn't know it was a comic until I read this particular article. Yeah. Actually, and that's going to be uh, due out the end of this month, May thirty first. Ian Ziering. He's nine zero two one zero, if I remember correctly, right, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> and Virginia Madsen is from Candyman. So there's a lot of horror cred going on in this. Awesome. Also in the news, Killian Murphy is in talks to star in A Quiet Place 2, the sequel to A Quiet Place, obviously, directed by, again, John Krasinski. So I don't know the significance of that other than I like, personally, Killian Murphy. I know you don't, but... It's not that I dislike him. I like all the movies that he's in. Well, it gives some cred. He's had some horror cred, and he's had some drama cred. And so it it adds some weight to the sequel, and I really appreciate that. And I think that is being taken seriously, and I love that John Krasinski is coming back to direct it. And, I mean, I think that movie was very well-received. It made a lot of money. It even got some Oscar buzz. And, I mean, Emily Blunt won the SAG for her performance. And she's coming back, too. Which is good, you know? I think the only reason that I don't really like this is because I just don't like the way that Killian Murphy looks. That's all it is. I mean, every time I see him, I just want to, like, Yeah, it's like a freakish combination between Elijah Wood and... (laughs) Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> and I would almost liken him to Elijah Wood and Celine Dion. I don't know. It's that perfect round alien looking face. I don't think it's... Anyway, whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the biggest pieces of horror news recently that everyone in the horror community loves is that Mark Hamill will be the voice of Chucky in the new remake of Child's Play. And if anyone can do it, he can. He His voice work is just as epic and legendary as his screen work, of course, as Luke Skywalker. And, uh, you know, he did a voice of like Wolverine in a video game. Of course, famously, he did the voice of the Joker mm-hmm. and probably the best Joker, in my opinion, ever to be on screen it was the animated Joker from the Batman animated series in the 90s. And he did an amazing voice work for that. Hysterical. He's done so many other things for voice work. Um, and I'm, I'm so happy at this news. I know that somebody on Twitter posted that they, they released like a snippet of it at uh, WonderCon or something like that. Yeah. I, ha- I haven't heard it yet, but I, I can only assume that it's going to be fantastic. Well, I mean, I also know that Brad Dourif was the voice before, and Brad Dourif is no slouch. Brad Dourif is amazing. Well, yeah, so I don't know the why they chose Chucky in like every single Chucky movie so far. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know why they chose to go because he's still around, uh, you know. But whatever. I mean, Mark Hamill's amazing as well. So hopefully, uh, well, it seems like they're trying to go for a different yeah. approach in this movie. And so if you're if you're already changing some things about it, you might as well change the voice too. And um, I mean, I. I'm sure that Mark Hamill is going to do a really good job, and I'm still super excited to see this movie. Yep. Coming soon. All right. So we also had lots of trailers be released in the last uh, several weeks, and I've I've watched several. One of them that I liked quite a bit was the trailer for Annabelle Comes Home, the third movie in the Annabelle series, part of the Conjuring universe. Yeah, it seems like it's getting more teenage, though, with this film. Like, So it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. 
um, you know, with the rest of the series, if they're trying to make it more of like a teenage, you know, popcorn flick horror movie mm-hmm. versus be a little bit more adult than as, as they've been doing. I don't know. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm on the fence with uh, this trailer. I'm, I'm intrigued. Obviously I'm going to, I'm going to see it, but I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I liked the trailer. I think that, um, well, and you know, I have grown to love Annabelle so much more since we did our episode on the first two Annabelle movies. Uh, I wasn't the biggest fan, but having rewatched them for, for that episode that we did and having that conversation with your sister, I've, I've grown to love them a lot and I feel invested enough in the series to go and watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, talking about like, teenage popcorn flicks i really enjoyed things like unfriended or like ouija right ouija that you know those those movies and i mean i'm I'm okay with that i really like the idea of annabelle sort of activating all the different haunted objects in the warren's collection and if they if they focus on that like all the different demons and ghosts and things that are associated with those i think it'd be a fantastic movie Unfortunately, I think they're probably not, but the trailer itself really dealt a whole lot with, with the Annabelle demon only. Sure. So, and then waking up, you know, everything else in that room, which is great. Yeah. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Maybe they'll come out with a longer trailer, but um, I'm sort of learning my lessons when it comes to some of these trailers and you just take the first one and then just like, if you want to see the movie and go see the movie after that one. Yeah. So the next thing is we got the full trailer for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and I am completely bought in now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like those shorts, I was like a little eh, whatever, but they, uh, I'm going to forgive that now because the full trailer got me on board. Well, the more that comes out about this movie, the more I want to see it. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to see it at first because I, I love those books, and um, I was like on the fence. I'm like, they're going to ruin it if they, they go straight for like a PG-13 kind of a rating. Is it going to be goosebump? you know, yeah. sort of thing. And then those shorts came out for the Super Bowl, and I was very intrigued because they kept some of the original artwork, right? It's in that vein. And this full this full trailer looks actually scary. Yeah. And it looks like they I mean they could be heading for an R rating, although I I doubt it. I think that they're gonna try to appeal to a mass audience. And I'm hoping that the scariest things in this movie were not shown in that full trailer. But if 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 what they've given us so far is, you know, more in the movie, I think that we're in for a huge treat. Yep. We also watched a trailer for the movie The Silence, which is on Netflix, and I think it's currently streaming now. But I was uh, really intrigued by the trailer, and I haven't watched it yet. So, I mean, have you have you watched the movie? No, no, but no. it's by the original Annabelle director. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. So it's the, like... People who had to be quiet again, very much like a quiet place. But the difference is they're being like tormented by these giant monstrous bats. And I mean, that's crazy enough. It looks really good. Yeah, it really does. And it has a good cast, too. So I mean, like Stanley Tucci's in it. And I mean, I would sit down and watch that movie. The trailer was was great. It was tense. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy a good monster flick. The next trailer is something I'm super excited about, and it's called The Dead Don't Die. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> the, the cast is amazing. You cannot beat this cast. I cannot believe that we're getting a movie with this caliber of a cast that is both horror and comedy and Jim Jarmusch. I mean, come yeah. on. It looks fantastic. God, who's all in it? Tilda Swinton. Tilda oh, my God. Fucking Swinton. <laughs> and at first, when I saw her name, I was like, well, Chris is going to like this movie. And then I watched the trailer, and I was like, I might actually have a Tilda Swinton movie that I'm on board for right away. Well, you still need to see Snowpiercer, but like, I do. I who know. else is in this? 
Bill Murray. Oh God. Um, Adam Driver. <laughs> and, oh yeah, I'm like I'm remembering the cast now as you mentioned this. And if we like, I mean, Carol Kane. Oh my God. Playing a zombie. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's gonna be so much fun. I cannot wait to watch this movie. Like it just cannot come. Yeah, out fast it's the for me. zombie event of 2019. I think it comes out in May, <gasps> right? So I mean, it's really quick. Yeah. So yeah, if not. June. It's either early summer or very late spring. Mm -hmm. So I'm like super looking forward to this movie. Uh, Next up was the release of the trailer for Joker, which is the new DC villain slash superhero movie starring uh, Joaquin Phoenix as a Joker. Yeah, it looks like a straight psychological thriller, honestly. Yeah, I mean, when I watched it, I was getting a lot of shades of Scorsese from it. It seems like a really like pot-boiled crime movie, right? Yeah. And and not just your normal origin story. It seems very, very dark, almost depressing. Yeah, I don't know if I'm on board for this. It's just like, you know, I, I don't like Joker existing outside of Batman. I think that's part of the whole duality yeah. is what makes that so work so well and be so famous and why the Dark Knight was so good. Mm-hmm. And I think without that, this will be intriguing uh, and it'll probably be like an acting masterclass, you know, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it lands. Yeah, I mean, like, I really enjoyed Heath Leather. Heath Leather. Oh, my God. I really enjoyed Heath Ledger as the Joker very much. And I'm not quite sure I want to see anybody else do it, really. But, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is good when he's in movies, traditionally. And it is fun to see all these different actors' takes on it. Yeah. So, you know, that's always amusing. Meanwhile, I saw a trailer for The Lodge. I think The Lodge was uh, before I saw Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. And I literally cannot find this trailer online. Like, it I doesn't looked. exist. I couldn't find it either. I've looked for it everywhere. It's it's not linked anywhere. So we're just going to have to wait till this drops. Maybe it'll drop sometime in May. But the trailer is super good. I read the synopsis and the stars of the movie, and I know it showed it's Sundance. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I Alicia Silverstone's in it. I'm on board with that. I'll watch it. Yeah, fun. I actually didn't recognize her. In the film, in the trailer. Really? No. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. And it's it's kind of like a, it almost seems like a cat and mouse between like these two kids that she's supposed to be like taking care of while her fiance or her new husband is going on. It's his kids. Mm-hmm. And then like they're left in this, this winter storm. So they're stuck together. And there's some ambiguity of whether like she is like waking up at night and becoming this sort of like stalker, serial killer, like mad woman person. Oh, my God. Or if the kids are also kind of like doing their thing. Like, so it's like a really weird, messed up, like really intriguing, interesting looking movie. Well, this is the first time you've even told me about it. Because she's super like innocent and like, I just want to make it work with the kids. And you can see her and it's really good, like emotional acting, like working with the kids and stuff. But then you'll see her like sleepwalking or something. And she's like completely different. Oh, my God. I'm so intrigued now. Yeah. He sent me a message while they were while he was watching the trailer, I assume he was like the law. Lodge, question mark? I just put the lodge and I was just, it was, it was to text someone. Sometimes I'll do that like as an email to myself, but it takes less clicks to like just uh, message you and just put the lodge. <laughs> and so, I mean, so I, I, remember I was it. out and about or at dinner or something and I was like, let me just Google this. And I was like, Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> yeah. Cause last time we tried to remember a trailer, like we forgot like the name of it. And finally, like for a, yet another one, I think the last shooting the flames episode, we mentioned, um, Oh, the field guide to evil, the field guide to evil. We kept saying the field guide to horror. Right. right. So it was like, well, to be we fair, to we were so excited down. about that, that we just, you know, and it played for a week at Alamo and we didn't get to go see it unless, unless you saw it. No, I did you, not. You didn't cheat on no. me with that one. 
It was also playing when I was in Austin. It's like during the week, week when they're playing yeah. these bit movies, and so it's it was like, like ten o'clock on a Monday. Yeah, it's like who, who can do that? Uh, so the next one's not really horror, but it's like such an event trailer that I had to mention it. Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker trailer just hit. I think like yesterday, as of this recording, mm-hmm. uh, and it actually looks like a return. It's like a big like the <laughs> the name is so stupid, but it's like a big <laughs> fuck you to Ryan Johnson's last movie where he literally like was trying to kill that idea. What was know? that one called? The Force Awakens or something like no, that? No, that was the first one, oh. uh, the first of this new trilogy. And the next one was called like Chris is never going to see it again because he hated it. So <laughs> It's a catchy title. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see it, so I don't I don't know. Yeah, it's it. Um, I mean, it was well made and everything. It's like I'm not going to sh- just shit all over it. But he he really he had this box of toys that is shared by everyone that grew up with Star Wars. And he basically just fucked up those toys. Right. And so it's like Star Wars at this point does not need to be innovative. That's why it was famous. Right. At this point, it just needs to be nostalgic. So come on, let's keep it real for real. I mean, and it's comfort. So um, I really liked that Star Wars movie. We saw a couple of birthdays of years ago. Force Awakens probably, or Rogue One. Yes. The prequel one. Rogue One was very good. It It was so good. It was. Yeah. It It was was emotionally good. good, Yes, it was. Which is why I like... um, it's the best one to come out since Empire. the new movies have been made. Yeah, it was essentially it's better than Force Awakens. It's certainly better than the, that last one that that came out. And uh, but this one looks like a return to form. J.J. Abrams is coming back. He did the Force Awakens, so he's coming back to direct the third one to bring it all home. So it it just uh, it just it does look like they're appeasing fans or the diehard fans. But I should see the second you know? one before I see this one, right? Uh, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen that, so I you probably know, should. It's you know, I don't want to put you through. Just <laughs> don't read the synopsis. Do all the homework that you had to do for a Serbian film, and maybe, <laughs> maybe you'll make it through. <laughs> it may be a twinge more disturbing than a Serbian film. Who knows? Exactly. <laughs> Recommendations. Guys, our last segment is where Chris and I talk about some things that we have watched recently and sort of like either lead you to it or lead you astray, as the case may be sometimes. Chris, what have you been watching lately? Oh, my gosh. We've gotten like, okay, so the 40th anniversary of Alien, Ridley Scott's Alien, uh, is com- is coming up. But I think it's at the end of April, early May is, is the 40th anniversary, right? I think it actually came out later than that because I know my mom tells me stories about seeing it in the theater in August when she was eight months pregnant with me well it's counting down these shorts that are releasing every friday oh um, so it's sooner than yeah are coming out so i've seen i think there was one released this last friday but the two fridays prior were containment and specimen and both of them were really good containment was uh pretty good and then specimen has this twist at the end of it which is just really really interesting i literally just i never talk after I see something, but I was alone. I was watching it. And then after the end, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, good job. I literally said good job to the screen. <laughs> Were you clapping too? Be I didn't cool. clap. It wasn't that exciting. It was just like, it was good, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm really looking forward to the next ones that they do. Are they doing four? Are they, I think they're doing four shorts or six shorts or something like that. I think it was more than that. It was like between six and eight. Or yeah, something, something like that. that. So it's like every week, but they're hard to fucking find, right? So they released this trailer for all these shorts on YouTube, right? Which but we talked not, about in our last episode. I, I don't think. think they're releasing them. the episodes, the shorts on YouTube. It's all on IGN's videos. Hmm. Right, so you have to go to their site. You have to go to the video page and then you have to like search or just like eyeball, right? So because you type in alien and all their articles about alien it comes up instead of fucking videos. So it's hard to find. So we are linking these in the show notes. So you can go directly to the videos and watch these shorts because they're good. And if you enjoy the alien saga, 
please watch them. I have not watched them yet. I was I was going to wait for them all to be released so I could just watch them back to back to back to back to back. But after that review, I sort of need to see it, I think. Also, I didn't want to watch it on like a tablet, right? And I'm I'm too lazy to mirror things to my TV screen. I need to just Well, these are shorts, so watch yeah. them how you can because they're not something that you really need to like you know, get transported to for two hours. Right. So watch them on a phone, watch them on your tablet. They're, they're good. They're small. Just do it. Watch them while you're driving. Well, and I'm so thankful that you have already done the (laughs) legwork and have given, watch them while you're driving. (laughs) (laughs) Delayed response. I was in the middle of saying something. (laughs) I will. In our last episode, we talked about the trailer for Critters, a new binge, which was a Shudder original series. And it started, you know, um, showing, streaming right after our episode was released. And I was like, oh my, it's time. So I sat down to watch it because I was so excited for it. And um, it really is a piece of shit. I mean, like... (laughs) Like in a good way? No, in a really bad way. Um, I At first, and then I saw the, the link. These are all like 10-minute episodes. And I know now that it was supposed to be some sort of web series, right? And so I'm sitting there watching these eight 10-minute episodes and thinking, well, they could just turn this into an hour-and-a-half movie. I don't know why they're separating it with all these different credit sequences and so on and so forth. And it started out really good, like just good old-fashioned critters, good puppet work and you know a decent like funny storyline and it just really goes downhill from there they introduce these random subplots and i don't want to give away too many spoilers for people but there's some subplots of like crossbreeding between critter and human (gasps) and you would think it'd be fucking hilarious based on that but it's really just stupid (laughs) Okay. There are not enough gummies in the world to make me enjoy that series and watch it again. Mm. So, I mean, it was just like, uh, obviously, everybody, like, you have to watch things and decide for yourselves, yeah. right? And, I mean, we, Chris and I both have a, a soft spot for the Critters franchise in our hearts, as I know a lot of people who grew up in the 80s did. So go and watch it. However, if you think you're getting, like, Critters 1, Critters 2, or even that kind of good Critters with Leonardo DiCaprio, you're not. It's like tongue in cheek beyond tongue in cheek. And I just, I mean, I was severely disappointed. Wah, wah. So we were reached out to by um, the director of a short film called The Dollmaker. And he sent us uh, a YouTube link to his short, which we will supply in the show notes. And I thought it was really good. And he sent it to us because it's kind of in the same vein as Pet Cemetery. Uh, and as that movie's coming out, it's just kind of an interesting kind of take where, you know, it's that theme of, you know, take death seriously. It is a natural process. Sometimes dead is better you know, period, <laughs> end of sentence. Sometimes that is better. Um, you know, and it's that, you know, be careful what you wish for kind of thing. And it's very, very close to th- thematically with Pet Cemetery. And this was done really, really well. And, um, and I have to give him props. Um, Al, if you're out there listening to this, um, <laughs> it was a really good short. So keep on keeping on because it was, uh, it was really good. And it's part of a network um, called Alter. Right. So Alter comes out with all these horror shorts. So I'm now subscribed on YouTube and I've watched a couple and they're really good. Oh, my God. And they great. also have a sci-fi counterpart, which also has horror elements in a lot of their shorts called Dust. And it's also very good. So 
If you're on YouTube, I highly recommend that you subscribe to Alter for horror. And if you're a sci-fi person as well, that's open to that sort of thing. Their sister channel is called Dust. So check that out. That's awesome. Yeah, I need I need to watch that. Let's watch that right after the recording. Okay. <laughs> um, with that being said, too, we have some episodes coming out this month that deal with both sci-fi and maybe a little pet cemetery. So keep yep. a lookout for that. I watched a movie just this week called Devil's Path. Okay. And it's um, LGBT horror. And um, it's really about um, this really popular cruising site in these hiking trails. And um, two guys meet. And there's been a rash of, like, disappearances on the trails. And they are being chased by two men with weapons. (laughs) And they're sort of, like thrust into this like live or die situation while they're being chased but things start to unravel and you realize that one or even both of these guys are not quite what they seem to be Hmm. and you know they just have to like stay together to survive off trail right um the premise was great um i the the movie itself gets a little like overly trapped in its own plot does that make sense yeah right like they're just trying to add way too much in and the actors themselves i mean like it's it was it was decent it was a decent movie is what i'll say i mean i would totally watch it again but i really like the premise of you know scary things happen when you go out cruising in the park you know i mean i wouldn't know (laughs) but (laughs) really what bandana were you wearing it was yellow. Oh. <laughs> Filthy brown. <laughs> but it takes place in like the early 90s. And so, I mean, I know a lot of these things were going on in that time period. And it was a nice throwback to gay culture or whatever. And I mean, like, I mean, I read the news and I know that like public cruising is sort of on the rise today. I don't know why there's like this throwback in the gay there's culture. There's a rise? Oh, yeah. I mean, like people oh. are meeting up in part. I mean, I don't think they ever stopped really. No. I don't know. No. So I don't think so. But um, I don't know. It was a good movie. Go check it out, especially if you're inclined to, you know, queer horror. Yeah. Then run off and look at it. It's good. You can see it on Amazon Prime, I think. I checked out, like so many others, Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. I really have to see this. And it's an anthology series, kind of in the same vein as like heavy metal. Um, David Fincher, uh, the director of, you know, like Fight Club and Alien 3 fame, as well as a lot of others. Um, David Fincher directed this? Yeah, he's part of the, he's a showrunner. Are you serious? And there's a couple other, yes, uh, there's a couple other people. There's some comedy episodes, there's some straight horror episodes. Uh, Not every episode has to do with robots. Um, like the title sequence is like three symbols or whatever. So every, every time it'll change slightly and like the robot face will change to like a steak if it's about Dracula or something. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, there's some really good funny ones. There's some really like kind of deeper ones that kind of make you think. And then there's a lot of them. I'd say almost half the episodes, if not more than half have are horror or have horror elements. And they go balls to the wall. I mean, it's like in the, in the course of the tradition of heavy metal, it is like full on like nudity, including multiple episodes with, you know, full frontal male nudity, which is weird to see. Interestingly, um, I mean, animated peens fine. I'm all look at it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just think it's kind of as a warning for people that don't want to see that, but as kind of a draw for anyone that's like, Oh, that's kind of refreshing. Like it's equal opportunity. Right. Yeah. So, uh, no, it's, uh, it was really good. There were some really genuinely creepy, scary moments, really funny moments, amusing, uh, everyone's different. It's between 10 and 20 minutes per episode. It's super easy to get through. Um, I cannot wait for another season of this because it's like five or six different animation studios that are doing every episode is, is uh, essentially animated differently 
in a different style. And some of them I have never seen their like before. The animation is so interesting or so lifelike in some of them, in, in some cases, that it just blew my mind. Like, uh, it, I can't even describe it. So I definitely, definitely recommend Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. Binge it as soon as you can. It's great. Flaming Rent. Oh, this makes me so mad. I went to go see Us a good, almost like, I think four weeks after the movie came out. And I just don't think that I could possibly go see movies in the theater anymore. Like, all these people are shitting all over Netflix and streaming and whatnot. But that's the way to go. Because I had the most horrific experience watching Us in the theater so long after its release. And I just like, ugh, I just cannot take it anymore at all. There were like, it was a full theater for such a late, you know, after the release showing. And there were a group of kids like right down in the front seat. And they were all talking so loudly that we could hear them way in the back saying ugh. things like, I don't get it. Or this is ridiculous. Or I want my money back, right? And so all I wanted to do was like stand up and shout, like, shut the fuck up and watch the movie and maybe you'll understand it. Like, it's really not that hard to grasp, right? But it was just so much talking from them. And uh, there was a girl sitting right next to me, like literally, and she had her phone out the entire time. Oh, I would have thrown that phone across the room. Oh my God. She was like, she and she was sitting right next to what I could only assume is her mother. And no, you know what? I'm just going to bring a rape whistle next time <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad i just i mean and she was showing things to her mom on the phone and her mom wasn't telling her to stop it and so i mean i was getting very very furious i saw this movie with my own mom and i turned to her and i was like this fucking girl with the phone i just can't anymore <laughs> and so i gently said hey can you put your phone away yeah. And she did for a minute and then she pulled it out. But then I think she was pissed at me for doing that because she grabbed her drink and it like it was a, a fountain beverage and she pulled the lid off very loudly and then shook the ice into her mouth and crunched it. So I think she was purposefully goading my ass in the theater. But I just oh, I was so oh, mad. I would have to do like an airplane thing where he takes the glass and just like throws it to the side of him. Because when he tried to <laughs> his drinking to, problem? Yeah, his drinking problem. Every time he tries to drink, take a drink, he throws it over his shoulder. Except this time it would go right in her face. So <laughs> I'm sorry I have a drinking problem. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. <laughs> right on her phone, actually. Get as wet as possible. Um, I ran out of the theater as fast as I could because I wanted to see what you know how old these kids were who were coming out who were talking. And they could not have been more than like between 13 and 15. Very young. No adult with them. And this is an R-rated film, right? And I mean, am I wrong in knowing that like an R-rated movie you have to be 17 to get into, mm-hmm. right? And so like who in the hell is selling them tickets? Who's taking their tickets and letting them go see this movie? And where are the people who are supposed to be coming in and policing what's going on? This wasn't an Alamo draft house, right? And so, I mean, I know they have this whole policy about that sort of thing. And I mean, maybe I should just start going there, but I don't know. Chris, how do you feel about theater etiquette? I'm in complete agreement with you because I had similar experiences lately. I had a problem uh, during us where people, there was a couple next to us that just would not stop talking. They talked the whole way through the the movie. And we actually, like, you're supposed to, in Alamo Draft House, you're supposed to raise an order card and that says, like, who's talking or whatever. And they should be warned once and then they're kicked out of the theater. So we got a card back that actually said the manager's keeping an eye out, right? And they just kept on doing it and nothing happened. So my boyfriend actually ended up calling the theater afterwards and, and they, they kind of alluded that, well, you know, Alamo's really growing and 
and that, you know, there's not a lot of like the old school managers from, you know, Austin and everywhere else where, it, you know, that kind of thing was really cracked down on hardcore. Oh and so, you know, they, they just, no one wants conflict. No one wants to like have to stop a movie and distract everyone to like kick someone out if there's a scene, you know, so no one has real training on that, you know, so they, they give us free tickets like and all that, but it's, it's at the same time you go to the Alamo draft house or movie theaters like it so that you can have that experience of, Hey, you have your cell phone on, you have the flashlight on your cell phone on, which these people were doing to look at their menu instead of using the lamps under the tables. Um, and you start talking, we're going to kick you out. Right. They used to play voicemails on the R rated films of people that would call in and complain afterwards. And it was just like, fuck you out my draft house for kicking me out. I didn't, I didn't see where I was sitting. I had my phone out. I, blah, 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 blah. Cause she kept having her phone out. And, uh, and at the end, like the subtitle on the film is, or on the little trailer thing is, uh, you know, thank you for never coming back, Sandy, or whatever her name was. <laughs> and that's great, you know, and I wish that I understand there needs to be a level of customer service. And these people are paying to watch a movie, but so is everybody else. Yeah, it's not your living room. Like we went to yeah. see Halloween and had the same thing. That's there right. was a whole group of people camped out with blankets of all things, and they just could not stop talking. And I, I remember it was hilarious because my boyfriend stands up basically like half out of a seat and says, could you be quiet? And then he sits back down. I'm like, oh, thank God he's. And then he turns back around and goes, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And they kind of quieted down for about 10 minutes and then they started up again. But it's like, come on. Like, there's other people besides you, right? This is, they're paying money just the same. This is not your living room. This is not something that you discuss openly, right? While you're watching a movie in the theater, do that at home. Well, and we had a a similar experience watching the new Halloween, because I think we alluded to this on our last episode, and R.L. Terry wanted to know why it wasn't one of our favorites of the year or whatever. Well, I mean, this can really influence the way you watch and Go away from a movie. Yeah. I mean, when we watched Halloween, the people sitting directly next to my husband, and he never goes to horror movies, so that was a special moment for me. We're talking the whole time. It was like parents and really small children, and he leaned over. He's like, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. And I was like, okay, go ahead and do it. And he never did. And when we left the theater, I was like, did you ever say anything to those people? And he was like, no, because that guy was really built. (laughs) I was just like, well, okay. But still, I mean, you get a pass for that. But I mean, like, I was looking forward to seeing Halloween like no other and it was completely ruined. Yeah. I am all for having a shared experience watching a horror movie. But that's during those moments where you're gasping or screaming or going, oh my God, you know, that's expected. When the entire audience jumps and shrieks and things like that, that's really fun and it sort of immerses you in the experience. But if someone is giving you their goddamn play-by-play the entire time or if they don't understand the plot, you can easily move in next to the person you're with and just say, I don't understand. Can we book Mark this place in the movie to discuss later on. Well, at least they're talking about the film. Like the worst of the worst is, of course, having the cell phone out yeah, and then putting the God. flashlight on it on. That is so distracting. My God. And I, you know, I've tried to. Uh, that's happened to me before in a theater. And I've leaned over. And it was this little, you know, bitch next to me, and I was like, "That's really distracting." You know, could you could you please stop? Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Okay." And then she did it again. I was like, "That's really super distracting. Yeah. You need to stop." And she looks at me and goes, "Okay." You know, like I'm the rudest person <laughs> in the world. Maybe we're just really old. No, 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 no. It's like if you <laughs> if you cannot sit through a movie without answering a text mm-hmm. or putting your flashlight on when there's provided lights under the table or whatever, yeah. then you've got bigger problems. Like if you can't get through without taking a phone call, I've been in a theater where someone actually answered their fucking phone, right? 
it's like really like verbally yes, literally yeah oh my god that's this is way back like rude. matrix revolutions or something it was like almost <laughs> so the, answered, the dawn of cell phones it, it literally goes <laughs> off and we think oh god someone's fumbling to turn off their phone and, and then I'll, the next thing we heard was hello i'm in a movie right now <laughs> <laughs> Okay, to be fair, so my viewing of us was pretty bad, but earlier that same week, I went to go a Thursday night before the Friday release of Pet Cemetery, and it was a lovely experience. Some people brought in children, and I thought, oh my God, but they were the baby started crying, the lady took it out at the yeah. beginning, never came back in. The only person who disrupted that movie was me. So my <laughs> cell phone was in my pocket, and I have an iPhone, everybody, and there's a little switch on the side that turns it from silent to ringer, and I guess there was a particularly tense moment and I was playing with my phone and I turned the ringer on and so the theme of Bob's Burgers which is my ringtone started playing loudly do you clutch your phone do you clutch your phone it's in my pocket yeah I was just like oh my god you know (laughs) and so my phone rings and I was like ah (laughs) like I shrieked out loud like a child and then quickly turned my phone off and I was like I felt like a complete piece of shit which is what you should feel like when your phone goes off in a movie unexpectedly (laughs) (laughs) so I mean to cap this off, everybody, when I ran out of us to see how old these children were, and I saw them, and they stood there, and they were talking for a minute, and I was waiting for my nephew and my mom to come out, one girl turns to the other and says, we really need to go home right now and unpack this movie. There's a lot to talk about. And I was like, bitch, you didn't see it. <laughs> so... If you're listening, girls, I hope you unpacked it all, and I hope you took something away from that movie other than, this is ridiculous, I don't get it, I'm going to ask for my money back, I need to ask for my money back, and I know that the people who listen to this podcast are movie lovers, and we go to places like the Alamo Draft House and whatnot, which is like church for us, mm. honestly, and I hope our listeners don't act like this, please, and if you do, let's just stop it now. And in fact, I'm probably not going to take my cell phone in to the theater ever again, just to avoid this altogether. And that's my rant. Well, okay, I need to calm down after that that particular rant. And I have just have one more thing that I want to talk about. Spotify sent me an email saying, you know, you might like these artists. And one of them was a young woman named Billie Eilish. Yeah. She's been on my playlist for months with a song called Bury Your Friends. I have never heard of this person before. And the song they recommended for me to listen to was called Bad Guy. Mm. And I loved it so much. I loved it so much that I sent Chris a message and said, listen to this person. You're going to love it. And he was like, oh, yeah, look at this video. It's straight up horror. And I was just like, what the fuck? Where have I been? So... Yeah. We might even start reviewing some horror-esque songs, just like we do movies. This song is very horror-esque, yeah. Uh, especially Bury Your Friends is, of course. So we I might mean, play one or the other after this episode ends. The video is good. It is straight-up horror. There's lots of like good imagery straight out of like a Blumhouse opening, right? And I mean, it's sort of like lyrically she's singing this song from like the the point of view of a monster under the bed or something like that. But the entire album is so good. It's dark lyrically, sonically, and her voice is amazing. And I expect great things out of her. In fact, I stayed up like drinking beer and watching things on YouTube about her. Cause she seems to have a video for just about every song on that album. Yeah. Like it's, it's just amazing. So maybe we'll leave you with a little snippet of bury your friends on the way out. But before we do that, guys, she's we, 17, she's 17 years she's 17 old. Years Are old. you fucking kidding me? 
Oh yeah, we were talking about that earlier before we were recording, and I was just like, I think she's like sixteen because I was joking, but no, she's seventeen. That's amazing. And she's so talented. Her birthday. Oh my god. Oh my god. This what? hurts. This hurts so much. Okay, December eighteenth. Right. <laughs> Two thousand one. Wow. God. <laughs> I was literally. I know exactly what I was doing on that day that year. I literally went to Grapevine Mills in Grapevine, Texas and went to see Fellowship of the Ring from Lord of the Rings series when it came out in theaters opening day. And that's where I was when she was born. (laughs) Don't feel too bad. Aliens is celebrating its 40th anniversary this year. And so am I. (laughs) Well, Billie Eilish, if you're listening to this, we love your work. And um, why don't you just go ahead and send us all your new stuff, too? Thanks again for listening to our episode, guys. We really appreciate all the love and support you give us on social media. That's why we love to answer your questions and read your comments. So keep them coming. You can find us at the Film Flamers on Twitter or Facebook. You can send us an email where, Chris? TiredQueens at FilmFlamers.com. Or you can call us at our special Film Flamers hotline, just like Penelope did. At what number? 972 666 Seven seven three three. That's right. We would love to play your actual voice on the show. So give us a call. Leave us a message. Ask us what you want to. Just leave us a comment or just call and say hi. We'll play that too. Why not? Coming up this month, guys, we have a lot in store for you. Some hot takes on us and Pet Cemetery, And toward the end of the month, we are going to go straight into some sci-fi horror adjacency with the movie Sunshine. Yep. We'll be following that up with our top 10 horror sci-fi films of all time. And don't forget to go to patreon.com slash thefilmflamers to find all of our bonus content. We have more coming out this month and tons and tons, hours and hours of content from months prior. You can get all of that for as little as $2. And those episodes will be, of course, our entrails of a scene where we deep dive into specific scenes, informative scenes of horror movies. And uh, of course, our other uh, episode that we're coming out with is, of course, the sequel ideas for Sunshine. And that's going to be good, people. So check those out. That's right. And you never know when we're going to pop up with something new. So check out that Patreon. And as usual, all these episodes come out sometimes weeks before they drop on our main feed. So if you go to Patreon, you'll get access to these episodes before anyone else that's right well until our next episode everybody sweet dreams but before you have those sweet dreams listen to billy eilish's bury a friend (laughs) i wanna end this (laughs) (laughs) well i'm about to go bury a friend so (laughs) sweet dreams (laughs) billy What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Come here. Say it, spit it out. What is it exactly? Your pain is the amount cleaning you out. Am I satisfactory? Today I'm thinking about things that are deadly the way i'm drinking you down like i wanna jump like i wanna end me step on the glass staple your tongue uh, bury a friend try to wake up uh, cannibal class killing the sun uh, bury a friend i wanna end me
Where do we go? 